I'm glad that you can join us, and I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you uh, to Reverend Matt Paul for inviting me. Thank you uh, for your welcome in, in this city, that, uh, the welcome that uh, my wife and I has received from you and from many other people. Uh, that uh, I take this opportunity to, uh, to, thanks, uh, to thank once, once again. I'm also very uh, glad that uh, I can share with you today through this text on the topic of Shalom, entering Capernaum, uh, with the hope that we will uh, welcome uh, Shalom into our lives and to into our old Capernaum today, uh, be it this city or the city where you are, the place where you are, uh, where you might uh, realize that uh, uh, this type of um, introduction, this new introduction of uh, Jesus into this city might be, uh, might be the same kind of name that, uh, that we have or you have where you are. I'm starting this uh, because, uh, uh, from, uh, from the standpoint of a, a, tech, uh, a text that I read recently. It's a research from Lifeway. And uh, this, uh, this research is uh, uh, showing that the desire, the drive to listen to messages that have to do with reconciliation, racial reconciliation from the pulpit is dwindling. People are not, uh, people are less, less interested in hearing those type of messages. And so when I, um, Pastor Matt already invited me before I read this, and, uh, and that told me uh, the kind of going against culture that is behind this type of request. And I deeply appreciate that, uh, that there are several uh, pastors and several ministers of God who are taking that kind of stance. My goal here today is to show that, uh, you know, be between 2006, uh, uh, the fact that between 2016 uh, to 2020, about 20% of people are less interested in hearing messages about reconciliation uh, can tell us that this, this, this thing is about, you know, the cultural hype of the time. 2016, yes, you know, uh, that's, the, that's the era where people are coming uh, from the former, you know, government where racial reconciliation seems to be uh, the thing of the day, but then between 2016 and 2020, we know, you know, that, uh, you know, the, uh, the, cultural, the culture shifted, and so people who are insisting on racial reconciliation seems to be coming from uh, a movement called, called Black Lives Matter uh, that uh, a lot of Christians have, uh, uh, have issues with. And so, is the message of racial reconciliation, is it grounded in the hype of the day? Or, shall we locate it and 
be forthcoming about it because we have another grounding, another source, another um, model, another way of seeing life to rely on so that out and against season, we stand for this. And so, the 16 or about 20% of people who are getting away from the message of reconciliation, less interested and will come against their pastor, uh, they might be fearing diversity. And uh, uh, the fear of diversity is actually grounded on the concern that we might be losing the good old faith, the good old, old Christianity, in which monocultural Christianity uh, work better because of the, again, because of the cultural tide of the day, because of the issues of the day. People have chosen to worship among people who look like me. And there were actually uh, long uh, sociological uh, research that has been contextualized uh, in Christian faith uh, in, this, in the discipline called missiology um, to advocate for, you know, uh, monocultural Christianity so that the church can grow faster, uh, things like that. Uh, or other people might be uh, wondering about how to handle when many people come in. Uh, how to handle uh, cultural differences, how to handle tensions, how to handle, uh, you know, even issues of languages. And and those are legitimate issues. Those are issues that uh, if you are discussing them, uh, the conclusion might be easily reached that, you know, monocultural Christianity is better, right? It's just a way to be safe, safer. But uh, we as Christians, we as followers of Jesus, we can take our cues in life from the gospel. And as the culture is driving us toward a direction, we can take that as a way to reopen the gospel again and say, has there been some issues like that before, or do we, are they comparable? And that is what we find in this text that we just read, if we can take into consideration certain uh, clues that uh, the text point to, to show us that the gospel direction, the gospel direction is to integrate that way of life called shalom into what we can call a multiculturalism. Shalom is the solution. It is neither monocultural way of life, nor the just bearing of the tension, just living into the tension without solution, but an intentional integration of shalom into this. And the way we can see uh, uh, that that is the gospel direction is to follow Jesus in this text and to realize that he intentionally chose to move from a place that 
he will call home. We call that place that he was born there, a call home. And he moved into another place called Capernaum. And that is a very diverse place to move into. Capernaum as a choice of intentional diversity because it borders two administrative districts in, in Jesus' time, Galilee and the Golan. And as you get there, there is no way you can be multi, uh, monocultural. In fact, there were people from all walks of life, including Jews and Gentiles. Like that, that means Jews and non-Jews. So people who probably did not look like uh, uh, Jesus in patterns of life, in ways of expressing religious, um, and in the way of seeing uh, uh, things in life. Uh, if you see the... Um, the map there, especially the blue line, uh, that shows that it is an international route, right, where people will come from Mesopotamia, including Egypt, uh, which, uh, to, to, be, to be together in that place. So the fact that Jesus moved there is uh, leading me to, to realize that, well, <laughs> This is the leader of what we call Christianity, and he moved into a very diverse place. Therefore, his message is going to be cast within a context of soci sociological diversity. So our drive, our choice to give heed, heed to uh, a, a, um, a community of, uh, of multiple uh, uh, people, different kind of people that need to, bring, uh, to be brought together. It's not related to uh, the hype of the day. It is grounded in the, in the gospel. So grounded, I see it in the gospel because Jesus moved to Capernaum not as a place to bear with, for a certain time and go. I mean, the expression, especially in Matthew, it's not that very clear in, uh, in Mark, because Mark is a quick writer, but we see a more detailed um, rendering of this in Matthew, who said that he made his home, right? Jesus made his home. Uh, and a lot of, uh, I mean, the other uh, stories of the gospel will show that it is that as if for some time, Capernaum has been his uh, ministry headquarters. He made his home there. And he's not inventing the wheel either at that time because, as Matthew said, he seems to be living into the scripture. Jesus seemed to be living into the scripture that has prophesied through Isaiah a long time ago that... Uh, 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 the land of Zabulon, land of Naphtali, on the way of the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the, nation, uh, of, of the nations, or of the Gentiles. So Jesus is reading his life, his choice, into these, this scripture. The gospel is therefore founded upon sociological diversity. It is there. So our choice... Uh, is not supposed to be based on fear. 
fear of diversity or fear of the unknown, we can come into, uh, a, uh, in, into, in, into the Jesus' determination to live and to fulfill the scripture and to go into unknown territory, difficult territories, uh, where our anxieties uh, can, have, uh, can have answers, uh, uh, can find their answers. Jesus is so committed uh, to, to this, uh, not just because, you know, he wants to, uh, to show that, you know, he loves, uh, uh, he loves uh, diverse people just for the sake of lo- loving diversity, but he is intent about fulfilling what is supposed to be fulfilled among diverse people. Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verse 1, uh, a promise, uh, that, that there is a promise there that Jesus is going to, be, to bring into fulfillment. And the promise is that there will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, he brought into content the land of Zabulon and the land of Nephtali, but in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea and the land of Jordan, again, Galilee of the nations. Right? So we need to, we need to let that sink in again and again, that the scripture insists that the gospel moves to our people, to our all people, but with the purpose. And the purpose is that to do away with the gloom, to do away with difficulties. So these are people who will live into this uh, because the scripture is what the reference reference of life is. So uh, at this point, I want to highlight three ways, therefore, in uh, in, uh, three ways Jesus insisted on diversity. Uh, Jesus insisted on diversity. He's insisting on that today for you and me because he embraced a new normal to move from Nazareth into Capernaum is to move from where he might call, humanly speaking, home. He was born in Nazareth. That's what we sang during Christmas, and that's what, that, that, uh, that what we see in him. That that is his home. But he left and returned uh, and, and, and moved to Capernaum and made his home there, right, by way of the sea. Uh, the second way he, uh, he insisted on diversity is that he rebuked ethnic exceptionalism. Uh, what we might call today national exceptionalism uh, or... Um, Racial exceptionalism, anything exceptionalism, it does not go with the gospel. And, uh, and this, this doesn't come uh, from Jesus. It, it was all the way from the Old Testament. Remember, when the first, uh, when the first leader, uh, God, we can call political leader, was afraid of God's people in Egypt, right? his rationale was that this small group of people, if we allowed them to multiply, Right? They will take over. Right? And so, uh, so this, this spirit of exceptionalism has been something the scripture has not been uh, very supportive of. And Jesus, uh, seeing that in the people, in his people, the Jews of his time, uh, 
he told them, uh, do, not, do not presume to say to yourself, we have Abraham as our, as our ancestor. For I tell you, uh, God is able to raise from this stone, uh, uh, to, to raise from this stone, God is able from this stone to raise up children to Abraham. So he doesn't want a life constructed, built upon we are special. Right? What is special is the gospel message. It's the message from God through Jesus. And that is what's going to make this, uh, the people who come under the gospel special to our God. And the third way in which uh, Jesus uh, insisted on diversity is that he joined others to make meaningful contribution. So, as he embraced the diverse place called Capernaum, he is not just there just to do diversity, but he is intent about entering strategically in order to make a meaningful contribution because to be together doesn't just mean that everything is okay. We can be together and there are problems. And that is what he encountered in the synagogue. As we see in the story, the synagogue is a place where Jesus began to make uh, his embrace of diversity. His, he began to, to give it a, 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 unique, uh, a, a unique direction. That might not be the way people uh, will embrace diversity uh, during his time. So he enters synagogue, and I see that he is actually trying, what he does here is a fulfillment of what synagogue was meant to be by the definition of the people of the synagogue. So, a quick uh, definition of synagogue. Synagogue is a word that, only, uh, that means assembly, and it comes from the Hebrew word keneset that has been changed linguistically to give uh, the, uh, uh, the word synagogue, and, and it means to gather sin, like uh, sink, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we are having that a lot, you know. At one point, I used to have a Yahoo account, and then, uh, and then for, 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 for needs of uh, communication, I had to have Google account. And then sometime uh, I, I got a notice that you can sync. <laughs> you can sync your account and gather them together. Uh, it's the same word that, uh, that uh, synagogue is, uh, I mean, com, com, comes from. Uh, so it is to live together uh, in a way that... Uh, uh, shows that we are in community. But the synagogue initially was a place where people would gather around multiple issues, right? Issues affecting their lives. And it's not, although it became a religious thing, it's not, it was not just religious. It was about um, discussing. So the people were at the center of a, synag uh, a synagogue life. The people, their issues. Uh, even though they have building later, uh, the building was not a, a, a special focus. So as they use the building, the main drive of the synagogue would, would still be to let the way of God affect the people who come into synagogue. 
And so that's why there were four markers of a synagogue. And the first, the first one is the marker uh, that's, uh, that, that shows that a synagogue is built in a rectangular fashion, usually. There may be other forms. But uh, a rectangular fashion, and people are disposed when they come to worship, they are disposed against the wall, right? So people are against the wall. Uh, and so they, are, they face each other. And the person who is being used by God at the time will be in the middle, right? So a very uh, a communal way of worshiping uh, uh, the Lord face to face in a way that is transparent. The second uh, uh, characteristic of synagogue is that it will have a place there, a room there, where people will stock scriptures that have been used, right? Uh, that have been uh, out of, they've used them so much that uh, they, will, they will gather them uh, in that spe- special place um, as, a, as an archive. That's called Genesis. So what does that say about synagogue? Synagogue is a place where people are rooted in Scripture. They live. They desire. Right? So the song, uh, uh, for instance, Psalm 111, that claims that there will be that time where uh, uh, God will, will take care of the poor. God will, uh, will visit his people with righteousness. He will bring his covenant into fulfillment. Uh, the people of synagogue, they live so much into Psalms. These are what they read, and, and, and early Christians will pick up on that uh, in the book of Acts. And the ter- third characteristic of a synagogue is that it's a place where people are concerned about rituals of washing. washing. They want to be holy, approach God in holiness, and live there uh, uh, in holiness. And the fourth is that uh, the, the synagogue is always built in a way that the room, uh, the, the door to, to go out, right, will be facing Jerusalem. Uh, there is a powerful uh, thing about that when people have the mindset uh, the, uh, of, of, of leaving synagogue facing Jerusalem. Jerusalem, we know that as the city of Salem or Shalom, the city of peace. So there is a sense in which these people, they want, as they go to synagogue, they want to fulfill all these, including the fulfillment of peace as well. But when Jesus entered there and he began to preach, there seems to be a sense in which there have been the people who have been coming to synagogue they might not have been living in that peace. Because they call Jesus' teaching a new teaching. That he, was, he was teaching with authority. And even before they to, uh, uh, Mark tells the story of the deliverance from the demon, people, uh, he already constructed the story uh, saying that people were already feeling that. They feel that, you know, uh, uh, Jesus' teaching had authority. And then he concludes uh, the story in verse 27 by the same observation, new teaching with authority. So in between comes this, uh, the story of the deliverance. 
Authority is a word in scripture to account for the fact that God's way of life, God's rule of life has come and will bring into fulfillment God's desire to see the world healed, the people of the world healed. And as this is done to one particular individual, it is, a, it is but a sign that what is done here is a sign of what God can do for all, uh, all the creation. So God's rule is not something about God bossing over people and trampling on people, but it is about God bringing his, uh, his desire and his way of, of uh, redressing the world uh, uh, to people. So that's what we see in this story, and that is what we need to hunger for, because this person who has been in the synagogue for so long, right, he is so surprised by Jesus' presence. It looks like he used to come. Uh, he used to come and go home without anything responding or, 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 or provoking what is inside of him uh, to talk in the way uh, uh, he, he, he spoke to Jesus. Maybe in order to understand this better, we need to account for the fact that you know, at that time, contrary to what many people will be saying today, that are these things, uh, you know, are these things real? You know, are there spirit, demons? People, you need to be in Africa to believe in those things and so forth. But, uh, well, this place, although it is on the outskirts of Africa, uh, I mean, people will... Uh, can get to Capernaum from Africa, but demons are not from Africa. Demons are special beings around the world that actually trouble people. They trouble community. They trouble God's way of wanting the people to enjoy God's life. This is what demons are. In Jesus' time, the question was not, whether these things exist. But the question was how to deal with the fact that these things are troubling the way God wants us to live fulfilled life, abundant life, because they are there. In one, uh, uh, in one uh, text of that time, uh, it, is, uh, uh, it, it is written in one... Uh, in one of the tests of that time, that some people were attracted to magic because of the power it will bring to them through acquiring a spirit guide or assistant called diamond. In this type of magic, a special formula was used to summon the service of a god. One magical test described a rite in which a diamond comes to an assistant uh, who will reveal everything to you clearly, and he will be your companion and will eat and sleep with you. Uh, these were real uh, things that people were living at that time. Uh, so demons will, will come and perform tasks. They can sing dreams, bring women, uh, men, and then they will bring uh, women to men and men to women, and use 
uh, magical tricks to do these things. They can kill, they can destroy, they can stir up. So many things that these uh, special beings can do. What we see in this text in particular is that they have hijacked a body, a, a, a body that has come to worship God. And what was the solution before Jesus or the solution that was popular uh, before Jesus' ministry? Well, whether you are among the Jews or whether you are among the Gentiles, uh, the solution seems to, use, to be to use some incantation in a way that ultimately appease the demons. They calm them, right? They calm them, appease the demons. So you can go about your life, but, you know, uh, just for some time. The demons has not left. Uh, so uh, in order to appease the demon, you call another demon. That's supposedly good demon in order to appease the bad ones. So that's why you can read in the story that when Jesus is speaking, uh, uh, the demon using the mouth or the body of the person seems to be saying that they are multiple, right? We, they are multiple. And usually that's what happens when they call the good ones, can be appeased for some time, and then the, those good ones can actually bring others in order to invade the life. And the significant thing here is that this is not a life of peace. Yes, indeed, after I read especially about the story of bringing women to men, it reminds me of, a, of my life when I was in middle school, and some people in our town would use those magical tricks to attract girls to them. There was uh, this particular girl in a house of a police officer. And since it is a police officer, uh, nobody will dare to knock at their door in order to court their girls. So, so they were very strong and uh, scared of. But it was a belief that if you use the magical trick, that you can attract them. And so these, these things existed. Um, and I, I was surprised that uh, uh, it was also the case in Jesus' time. I'm especially sharing this because uh, we, as, uh, as, uh, as Christians in the Methodist tradition, can delight in the fact that, you know, uh, early Methodists were very much aware of this. They were not afraid of this. Uh, it, is, uh, it, it, it was uh, a constant uh, experience with, with John Wesley Lots of them have been uh, uh, told in, in, his, uh, in his journal. One in particular date from January 13, 1743, where a lady, a middle-aged lady, has been constantly tormented by a demon. And she called ministers to come, uh, a particular minister to come. And when that minister came, as soon as the, minister, uh, the, the middle-aged lady found uh, uh, that minister, that minister ran away and said, ah, it's the devil, it's the devil. Right? And then uh, someone there asked the lady to call upon John Wesley. And then, uh, and then John Wesley went there and then asked, what can I do for you? And after the conversation, uh, 
So the demon using the mouth of the lady uh, warned John Wesley that I will tear your throat out before, uh, before, uh, <laughs> before you come. So these are very regular. And you know John Wesley, he was not in Africa at that time. He was in England. And so these things are also with us today. And the field in which you can find uh, these things today uh, uh, is the field of mental health. I remember when I was taking the class in counseling, a book that we read was called The Spirit Catches You and You Fall Down. It has stories upon stories of people dealing with those type of issues here in the U.S. Uh, this is very important because this might be one of the things to deal with when we open ourselves to others in sense of reconciliation. We got to deal with uh, uh, our tough issues, including, including this one. Uh, uh, an article from the Huffington Post uh, showed that, you know, these things are very, very popular these days, uh, so much so that people, especially among the youngster, the college-age students, they are being driven to war finding solutions to simple things such as stress. People are so stressed out these days that uh, in order to get those stress, they are using alternative, uh, alternative to uh, the, uh, their incapacity to pay for huge therapeutic sessions. And so they are using uh, services from those using tarot, astrology, invoking spirit into their lives. And... <laughs> The, the bad good news is, uh, the bad good news is that when they do invoke those spirits, they, uh, they do get some kind of satisfaction, right? They report, uh, a behavioral health and wellness center in Massachusetts, report that people do get satisfaction. Uh, they, they, they get peace, right, after going through the rituals and invoking uh, uh, that's Good news, but very bad news. Because it could be this thing that this man was experiencing again and again, coming to the temple after using his, uh, his spirit to appease. But in the presence of Jesus, we have a different story. He is not one to appease. He is not one to quiet down without healing. He brings decisive healing to people so that life back into community can be possible again. Because this man in the synagogue is not a participant to peace in synagogue. He is not. That is, what, that is why Mark called the spirit in him unclean spirit. The spirit is unclean because it doesn't bring the peace, the shalom to the, to the community. Because the one who brings shalom to the community is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Mark is using this unclean, the language unclean spirit here in direct opposition to Holy Spirit. And in the early Christianity, this thing has been dealt with very intentionally. Between the second and third century, 
Christians will come to faith and they will undergo a process that the language used at the time will be the language of replacement, right? So people have lives filled with the spirit and so when they have come, those unclean spirits, when they come to faith, they will undergo a process of replacement. We can call that today the process of discipleship, where they are led in a way that, uh, that helps them to fulfill uh, what might be called the four characteristics of synagogue. Life together, transparency, suck in the scripture, life of holiness, and life of peace. And this is needed today because so many of these things, of this spirit, participate in our racial chaos today. So many of those spirits, if you see things that are happening, you wonder whether they are not also at the basis of the racial fracture that we are experiencing. For you will see that even among uh, uh, people who are not part of the dominant race, that is uh, against uh, racial reconciliation, there are these manifestations. In fact, I have stories after stories of African people living as white people. And that tells you that there is a spirit. They are not white, but they are champions in whiteness, right? Uh, and one in particular is called uh, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, who was uh, a, a very, uh, very notable personality in the history of African Americans here. Uh, you might have heard uh, as, uh, as college students. Uh, so this person uh, uh, told about his story of going to Harvard and getting a degree at Harvard. And he was so shocked that uh, at that time, he was not told, uh, he was not taught Africa very well. And as a result, he said that I became blithely European and imperialist. And what he means is that he, he has been turned into living as white people and white people who were destroying Africa at the time. That is like a spirit possessing his body, making him to do uh, things that are not normal. And so these are our challenge as we face the call to leave reconciliation as Christians, we can be aware of the fact that the gospel is grounded in the capacity, the possibility of living together as reconciled community, but in a different way, in a way that seeks liberation, not appeasement. That is why I appeal to us to seek, let us seek our and others' people's liberation, not a mere appeasement. Let's welcome God's healing authority among us, even in our bodies. And this is really possible. This is really possible. Uh, on the opposite side of uh, people being, uh, their body being used, uh, to, to live in white supremacy, whiteness, and so forth. There are other stories of people who have overcome those spirits, uh, praying uh, for, for the liberation uh, of the bodies that, that, that have been um, uh, hijacked. It is okay 
to let know of unusual presence in your life. And I hope, Pastor, um, I am sure Pastor Matt will welcome. If you have troubles in your life, in your body, strange things, or especially if you have delved into these alternative spirituality, invoking spirits uh, in your life, even to quiet, you know, depression and so forth, these are real and tangible things today, even here. Know that Jesus is able and he can free you. Um, make the step and make yourself known. Discuss and come to the fountain of healing. That is how the gospel entered uh, Capernaum. Jesus will set things, they will set the standard, and his presence in Capernaum will be different. Yes, racial reconciliation can happen after the model of Capernaum. So, Father, I pray that uh, this will become true, that this will be also our story, that as we join Jesus in his choice to bring about healing uh, to those who were seeking, uh, who were hungering, and who were even giving themselves uh, to uh, uh, to the desired life of synagogue, and, and they found uh, him fulfilling with the authority from heaven that we also might come to experience this and reverse the tendency in the, in the culture uh, to go against uh, racial reconciliation, to reverse the tendency, the tendency uh, in Christianity uh, to give ourselves uh, to uh, all kinds of exceptionalism, all kinds of uh, ways of life and seeing things that open our bodies to strange spirits, spirits that are uh, against or anti the Holy Spirit. May we indeed become the people of the Holy Spirit. Amen.